When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. Well, HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. So start saving with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Malayan Verveer. And this is Kim Azzarelli. We are co-authors of the book, Fast Forward, How Women Can Achieve Power and Purpose. And you're listening to Seneca Women, Conversations on Power and Purpose, brought to you by the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Katie Couric is one of the most successful women in media. She was the first woman to solo anchor a nightly TV newscast. And for 15 years, she was the incredibly popular co-anchor of NBC's Today Show. Katie has broken news, made headlines, and won just about every journalism award possible. And she's done that while overcoming the gender bias that has pervaded much of broadcast media. Katie sat down with Milan during the Seneca Women Forum at the New York Stock Exchange. Listen to their conversation and hear how Katie deals with the boys' club, how she handles critics, and why she's now focusing on creating quality content with purpose-driven partners. And stick around after the conversation to hear our top takeaways. We'll be back after this break. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. 
So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I feel like I'm the only thing between you all in a cocktail. I feel really bad about this, but hi. You're going to be so glad that you're here and stayed for this. We've been talking about transforming culture, and I think there are a few people who've had such an impact on our culture as you have, Katie Couric. So welcome, and it's just great to have you here. You know, I was thinking, I spent my mornings with you for 15 years in a row when you were the co-anchor of the Today Show. And when we look at your achievements from best-selling author to award-winning journalist to the co-founder of Stand Up to Cancer, that organization within 10 years has raised a half a billion dollars for scientists and researchers. That's extraordinary. Wow. You know... These are the kinds of things we don't know about her. And now she's uh, the head of Katie Couric Media, working on really extraordinary topics that are so important and which you are bringing to our attention and hopefully that we will respond to uh, in ways that we should care more about them. Um, but I want to start with your becoming the first female anchor of a major network, Evening News. And I know from what I've heard from you in the past that it was not the easiest job. It was fraught with challenges. In fact, I think you referred to the boys club. And that might be something Me? some of the women in the corporate <laughs> sector can understand. But, but what made it so challenging? 
Well, I think this, well, first of all, hi, everyone. I'm so happy to see you all and nice to be here. Um, you know, this was 2006. And, you know, I think I was pretty naive. I've been naive, I think, several times throughout my life and career. But I thought, you know, you hear about post-racial. I sort of thought we were post-sexist because I had had such a prominent position on the Today Show. I had seniority uh, Matt was sort of, believe it or not, a little bit of the second banana to me because I had been there longer than he had, and he deferred to me at times, not always, and that's a whole nother Oprah we're not going to get into. Um, but it would be can, interesting. You can read about it in my book, which is coming out in about a year. I'm working on it right now. But, um, you know, I think that Networks have personalities, and at the time, CBS was, I think, the most sort of old-fashioned, traditional, insulated network. I think people kind of bleed CBS. They stay there for their entire career, and it was just very male-dominated. I think also, uh, you know, I was the first female solo anchor of a newscast, and you can't really, I think, overestimate what a shock to the collective system of viewers that was. You know, I was just a very different animal. I was different than, I wasn't raised in the CBS culture. I think the CBS viewer was a little more traditional and conservative. And I was brought in by Les Moonves, which is another Oprah. <laughs> How many men can I mention uh, in this conversation? And then there was Charlie Rose. But anyway, so... So, um, you know, and I think that, uh, that, that people weren't really accustomed to me. And even, you know, I remember, I'm so happy that Nora O'Donnell is getting support from fellow journalists, female especially, and also has Susan Zarinsky at the helm. And I think that's real proof about, of the importance of having women in leadership positions because they set the tone. I think they're more supportive they get each other more. And I think from the get-go, I'm happy that Nora, I think, is going to have a much easier transition, not only because she's been at CBS for a while, but because she has someone like Susan Zarinsky at the helm. But I remember doing the first broadcast and uh, just the, I think because it was so novel to see a woman at the anchor desk, they, they, you know, talked about the fact that I wore a winter white jacket after Labor Day. And I'm like, God damn it, it's tropical weight wool and it's Ar Armani people. <laughs> and I spent more on that coat than I spent on anything in my entire life. And, you know, my hair, my makeup, even Nora Ephron, which I thought was such a betrayal of my, you know, sisterhood that, you know, she trashed my makeup. And I was like, seriously? May she rest in peace. But Nora Ephron, why are you doing that? So I realized, I was like, wow, we are not as evolved as I thought we were. And so for all of those reasons, and I also think they thought I was this kind of, you know, like lifting cup of soup. You add me, stir, and the ratings just miraculously went through the roof. But those things take time and nurturing. And I think when they saw that I, it wasn't kind of instant rating success and that they'd have to be in it for the long haul, I don't think they knew how to do that. Um, and I think, you know, I probably made some mistakes too. I probably didn't ingratiate myself uh, with uh, some of the 
people who'd been there for a long time. I brought a few people with me from NBC. I mean, study industrial psychology. I think people felt very threatened and insecure about their own positions, which I totally can understand. Um, so, you know, I'm really proud of the work I did. I, I was there for five years. We won a ton of awards. I kind of just powered through. Um, you know, I think my interview with Sarah Palin was very impactful. You're welcome. Um, and, and so a lot of the work I, I did there, I'm extremely proud of. And, uh, but it was, it was a challenge um, at times. But I'm wondering, listening to you and your mention of, of Nora now coming in as the second in that position. At CBS, but the third CBS, overall because yes. of Diane, too. Right. But, but has the landscape changed that much? Has representation changed that much? I have some statistics here that really make me wonder, are we making progress? You know, I think you've, when you watch television, you watch cable news, I pay attention to diversity and the number of women and to make sure. I do think outwardly we're making some progress. The Women's Media Center, though, I think those are the stats you're referring to, Milan, shows that men still overwhelmingly are dominating the media landscape. And I think what's what is the most important thing is what I mentioned earlier, that we need more women in leadership positions. You know, Susan Zarensky is, is now the head of, of CBS News. The woman, there's a female who's head, uh, the head of Fox News. But in terms of, uh, you know, other networks, it's still very male-dominated. At the executive producer level, I think it's still very male-dominated. And this was the Women Medi- yeah. Women's Media Center, uh, their latest survey that was done in 2019. So I think, you know, only when you have true decision-making opportunities. I think oftentimes leadership positions are put to prop up the guy who is in the leadership position. You know, they're not quite at the very top. And I think many of the men are interested in maintaining the status quo. So I think we have a lot of work to be done in that that department. And I don't want to have to just wait for these guys to die for it to change. Nor do we. But, but most of these statistics basically showed that um, if we're lucky, we've broken 30% uh, in terms of uh, the various categories of news anchors and uh, wire writers and social media writers, et cetera. Um, and I think uh, what Gina Davis has been doing, looking at how women are portrayed in movies, for example, uh, and the fact that in any crowd scene, we're 50% of the population, right? But the crowd scenes typically are 30%. So it's like stuck at 30%, and that's real progress. It's, yeah, so it's, clearly we have a way to go. It's very insidious, too. You know, I did an hour on gender inequality for a series I did for National Geographic called America Inside Out. It's on Hulu. I highly recommend it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and I took a look at various social issues uh, from Confederate statues to white anxiety and sort of what's going on in, in the, uh, the Rust Belt and this transition to a more technological economy. I looked at what it's like to be a Muslim in America, 
uh, political correctness on college campuses and beyond. And one of them was a real deep dive into gender inequality. And we talked about all these issues. I went to Harvard and took the implicit association test that Masreen Banaji administers. And by the way, I crushed it. I have no bias. Thank you. <laughs> I think I kind of gamed it because I sort of figured you out. But did. I still don't. I think I'm pretty. I, I was aware. Oh, you're trying to associate gardening with women. I'm not doing that. So, um, but women are, are actually more biased than men in that implicit association test, which is interesting. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I interviewed Gina for that. We talked a lot about imagery. And one of the movies we looked at, uh, they worked with Google to kind of quantify the role of women in movies, even shockingly hidden figures is, uh, you know, the male dialogue is more than the female dialogue, if you can believe that. So there are things that really have to start out from the writer's level. And in that hour, Milan, I went and visited Juvie Productions, which is Viola Davis and, mm -hmm. and Julian's, her husband's production company, to get more diversity in, in the pipeline and from the get-go. And we were sitting around a table, and it was a very diverse group of people, and one of the African-American producers, I said, it's probably important that, you do, that writers don't specify who's going to play a certain role. I think some people were talking about this. He said, that's right. You know, for a doctor, he, he could be African-American or whatever. And I said, but look, you just made him into a he. He could be a woman, too. So even people who are working in this space have this, this kind of implicit bias that's the result of years and years of cultural conditioning and years and years of images, you know, being inundated with images. And that's really why I wanted to be the anchor of the CBS Evening News. I wanted little boys and little girls to see that a woman can do that job confidently and competently and that, you know, it wouldn't be such a novelty. And hopefully we'll get more and more women in these leadership positions. And also I had such an impact on the stories we covered. You know, I would say I want to do a, a, a story on dating violence after Yardley Love was murdered at the University of Virginia, where I went to school and Sharon went as well. And, you know, I wanted to do, I want to do a series on sexual assault in the military. You know, these are all stories that were coming from me that a lot of my male counterparts would never think of. But, you know, a different perspective gives a lot more balance and, and that's why diversity, inclusion, socioeconomic diversity, racial diversity, all kinds of diversity are so important because everyone has a different perspective. And, and power imbalances. You know, I think for all of the success of the Me Too movement, unless we change some of these power imbalances, we're going to continue to have these kinds of problems and those kinds of problems. Uh, but let me ask you, because we were having a vigorous discussion in the green room, and we have, I, I don't like looking at that clock over there, but just really, <laughs> really quickly, a, a topic that could take hours. How is it for the journalists today with this changing media? I think what's really hard is the proliferation of media outlets. Some are very legitimate, doing incredible work. Some are less so, and they all get kind of lumped together. I mean, I don't know how many times I've gone to my iPhone and clicked on something, and I have no idea the media outlet, and I read it, and I'm like, what? Or I see that, you know, I'm reading, I see a thing about, I keep getting Joy Behar's last words. Why am I getting that on my phone? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, just the weirdest stuff. And 
things get repeated, you know, journalism, the, the number of people in newsrooms because of economic concerns are, are shrinking. And then people are just rewriting other people's stories and they're not necessarily going through an editor or any vetting problem uh, process. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that are really problematic about the, the journalistic land, landscape. And, you know, when I was doing the Today Show, I started in 1991. And you, if you wanted to know what was going on in the world, you turned on the radio or you got your morning paper you know, hard copy, or you turned on one of the networks to kind of get the latest news. Now, there are just a million places to get it. My daughters never turn on the television. They listen to podcasts. They go to their phones and look at the New York Times or the Washington Post or my newsletter, which, by the way, you all need to subscribe to. (laughs) You just have to text 474747, and then you write Katie, and then you sign up. And I'll make your life much easier because I curate all this tsunami of information that we're accosted by every day. And I'd what love a bargain you've think. gotten today, just getting that <laughs> news. But anyway, so it's 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 tough. And I also think, you know, the it, the media it's so bifurcated. There are too many people right. giving their opinions, and you know, people are getting affirmation, not information. They're getting their own reviews views reflected back at them. And it's a very sad state of affairs when my friends say they watch the BBC to get an objective view of what's going on in the world. And I just think sometimes, you know, even though I might agree with some people more than others, I just want to hear what's going on. And I don't want people to roll their eyes or sigh or harumph or, you know, just carry on that way. And I think on social media, News organizations should not should be really careful what their reporters tweet or put out there because there should be some appearance of objectivity. And even though our time is up, I'm going to ask you um, about your media company and what kinds of projects you're involved in now because we're all eager to hear whither Katie goes next. <laughs> uh, so, um, well, very, very what, what kinds of topics are you are you looking at? Well, working on. I mean, I think it's actually quite germane to the com- previous conversations, but I'm not going. I'm going to give you guys the abridged version. Um, basically, you know, I've done so many things in my career, but I love to work. I'm a little crazy. I just. I, I, I love to be engaged in the world and take part in big, important conversations. So about a year ago, I started the very originally named Katie Couric Media. And, you know, I, we're, I, I care about a lot of important issues. I care about gender, and, gender equality. I care about environmental sustainability. I ca- care about criminal justice reform. I care about uh, all kinds of issues that companies now care about as well. The Edelman Trust Barometer, I don't know if anyone mentioned Mm -hmm. this today, but 76% of employees look to their CEOs to take a stand on important issues and look to their companies to to usher in change instead of the government. As trust in the government and media institutions has declined, faith in companies, which is sort of ironic if you grew up, you know, where the companies were the enemies and big, big business was bad. But now, actually, big business is really seen as a source for good and and to change hearts and minds. And again, always cognizant of the importance of images 
in terms of what people see. If you can't see it, you can't be it. And that's why I wanted to do the evening news. That's why I said to Brian Gumbel, I'm not doing this job unless there's a 50-50 division of labor because I don't want to be seen as the cute girl who just does fashion shows and cooking segments. I cover the Pentagon. I know my stuff. I'm smart. I'm not going to be the second banana. And so I'm working with with companies to do digital series, documentaries. Um, you know, I'm working with Ally Financial, Rally Health, people who, you know, I care deeply about medical uh, issues and because of my cancer work. And so I'm creating what I think is really important content that will help address some of the issues that aren't being really covered right. in mainstream media because they're too busy covering sort of the drama of the day. And it's a way for me to continue to have a voice. I've done a lot of documentaries. I did one called Fed Up on childhood obesity, under the gun, about gun violence, gender revolution, about our changing notion of gender identity, and uh, and to help people understand that new complicated arena. And so this is really a continuation of my desire to do content that really matters, that people hopefully will be... Uh, you know, enlightened by and will illuminate the very complicated and ever-changing world we're living in. So the only thing we can all say is you go, girl. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) uh, Because, you know, thank you for caring. Thank you for being crazy busy. Thank you, Katie. Thanks, Melanie. Thank you all so much. Stay tuned for our takeaways after this break. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, 
It's got standard third row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with the incredible Katie Couric. Check out katiecouric.com to find Katie's newsletter, podcast, and more. Our top takeaways? First, we need more women in leadership positions at the major media outlets. As Katie says, a woman's perspective can balance the way stories are told and can help eliminate the unconscious bias that often creeps into reporting. Second, we need to become more aware of this unconscious bias so that we can recognize it and address it. Lastly, although women are half the population, women's voices are still underrepresented in media. We at Seneca Women are committed to amplifying women's voices, as we know that progress for women is progress for all. You're listening to Seneca Women, conversations on power and purpose, brought to you by the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio, with support from founding partner P&G. Listen to Seneca Women Conversations on Power and Purpose on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please support this podcast by telling your friends, subscribing, and rating us. For more information on Seneca Women, follow us on social media, visit our website, SenecaWomen.com, and check out the Seneca Women app, free in the App Store. Have a great day.